Are you sick and tired about hearing about female empowerment? Move over ladies, it's our turn. Just kidding. Female empowerment is much needed, but what about male empowerment? What about a channel dedicated to men, a platform to empower them to live a more fulfilled life? This is what the Afro Derivative Podcast is about. Each week I interview experts or men who have experience in key topics such as improving overall health, wealth, being more connected in key relationships, breaking down those limiting beliefs, and being open and authentic as a man. So sit back, relax, and listen now. In today's episode, I interview Matthew Moody, a property investor. He talks about creating financial freedom with property. He's been in the business and space since 1995 and runs the League of Extraordinary Investors. What a great name. Where he helps busy entrepreneurs invest in high-yielding properties in their spare time for his global professional investment community and masterminds. He's in the property industry for 17 years and has a £3.5 million portfolio. And he's been in magazines, TV, radio, working lunch on BBC Two. He's a busy, busy man. He's also written his own book as well. So check out this episode. If you're interested in getting in property, especially HMOs, it's going to be a perfect listen for you. So welcome, Matthew. Um, so today we're going to get talk about um, creating financial freedom and what it means to be a man creating financial freedom and the importance of it. So the first question I've got for you is around what does financial freedom look like to you? Great question. So I think financial freedom is really the ability to be able to do what you want when you want to do it effectively. And it's having that, I guess, security from the perspective of you know that effectively all of your bills are paid for. Okay. That for most people is financial security. Yeah, yeah. Financial freedom yeah. is probably the next level up from that. Yeah, I'd agree, yeah. Okay, and then um, why is that important to you particularly then? So you, obviously you ventured out and, and, and created that for yourself, but why was that important for you? A- absolutely, I mean, I was in corporate life for, for many, many, many years, and I think the thing that I found is that your corporate career was very much dictated by the boss you had yeah. <laughs> and if your boss didn't like yeah, you true, it true. didn't matter how good you were you were not going to go up the ladder and you weren't going to get promotions and you weren't also going to get opportunities Yeah. so uh, you know, I remember being in my last company and being very frustrated in terms of you know I was leading a team of people uh, 15 people I was looking after and you know we, we were effectively contributing a lot to the bottom line a lot because yeah. our department was all about bottom line and Sometimes you say things that don't go well. Well, they don't go very yeah. <laughs> well with people because yeah. they don't like the truth, right? Yeah. And I think when you're in that situation, then you start seeing opportunities going to other people that you're thinking, well, hang on a minute, they haven't really done anything more than I've done, and yeah. they're doing X, Y, Z. You start to question, well, what am I doing? Okay. Uh, so for me, it was very much about, I think, having control of my own destiny, uh, and I think once you've decided to take control of your own destiny and you're the person that effectively the book stops with you yeah then essentially you never turn back from that yeah and, yeah. and you never really go back to a normal let's call it corporate yeah, yeah, life yeah. because you're very much focused on actually uh i'm in control and no one's really going to tell me what to do or how to do it yes you're dealing with clients and suppliers and contractors and whoever you're dealing with in your day-to-day life you know whatever business you're running yeah. but 
you do have the choice to say no. Okay. And then what was that particular moment? Like for me, there was a moment where I was like, right, I can't do this anymore. Was that a moment for you? Like you're just like, I, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, Malcolm Gladwell talks about it, doesn't he? In the tipping point, yeah. and I think there's a tipping point when you think actually, yes, this is the moment. Yeah. And I think I, I almost had two tipping points. I think uh, I had one tipping point was was when I was in uh, Newark Airport, uh, and I was going to. Uh, the lounge, and essentially, I saw a book out of the corner of my eye. Oh. And I don't know if you've ever read this book, but it's called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yes, yes. Oh, I love it's that book. It's a bit of a classic, that, right? That was the, like, so, the first book that yeah, got me into it. I love that book. It so tells great this stories. Was, yeah. You know, quite near to That's when awesome. it came out in the early noughties, and I saw it as big, you know, bright purple, pinkish yeah. cover, whatever it was, and I thought, wow. I picked that up and I started reading it and I read it all the way back. I didn't actually sleep on the plane, I just read oh, wow. it. I thought, wow, this, this is insane. Yeah. And I think that kind of speared for me a little bit of a searching around is this really what I want to do and is there a way in which I can make more money yeah. and I think at that point I was kind of quite comfortable I was you know earning good money uh, and I, I wasn't really pressurized in any way to kind of make that decision I thought yeah. yeah it sounds good but do I really want to do that okay. and then the tipping point for me the second tipping point really came when uh, effectively, uh, we'd had a, a lot of changes in management in the company that I was in, and I'd been reporting into CO, COO and CEO type figures, and then basically I almost got downgraded in terms of reporting to a new marketing director. Yeah, and you know sometimes you meet people, and within about five seconds you know it ain't gonna go very well. <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> and yeah. it, it was one of those meetings, and I just thought this thing and it go very well yeah. and, and, and and it did and, and we just got into loggerheads and you know nothing I did was really ever good enough even though I built up this department from just myself to 15 people it didn't matter he always knew best and he had no idea about anything that I did but yeah. pretended to and was very much a politician and you know in business politicians you know managed to move from one post to another but they yeah. don't really do very much yeah so that for me was my second tipping point I thought you know what I've got to get out so I made a decision and I think it took me about 12 months to get out yeah and I like that bit about the the book because like did that plant a seed for you because you realize it's possible absolutely and I think uh, one of my very very early mentors uh, always said this phrase which always caught me which is impossible is only an opinion yeah and actually impossible is I'm possible Ah, and I think for me that just kind of resonates so much where it's like yeah if you go out to the normal person on the on the high street and just start talking to people and just say to them you know do you realize that you could purchase a property with very little to no money yeah most of them turn around and say you're crazy you're kind of honest but it is possible (laughs) to do with the right structure and the right processes and the right way of buying so yeah absolutely awesome love that good story um so I guess how have you created your financial freedom? So you touched on a bit of properties if you've talked about. So is that what you mainly do, and that's how you've done it, or yeah, effect- effectively, uh, I started looking at a whole bunch of things once I'd read uh, Kiyosaki's book, yeah. and I-, I looked at starting a business. I looked at a bit of MLM network marketing. I looked at affiliate marketing. I looked at online marketing, which was just starting getting going back in yeah. the noughties, and all those things were really really good. Yeah, but I was on a at the time probably like a six figure package with everything that I was getting and I thought how am I going to really realistically replace this income 
as quickly as possible yeah. because at that point I really disliked my job uh, because of this new boss. Yeah. And did I thought, you have or just jump? Did you have like other like family to look after? Or you in yeah, the place I had after? a wife, okay, okay. a little little boy. Okay. Uh, so, so you, you know, family and stuff happening. Yeah, so okay. yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I, and I just thought the only way I can really see me potentially doing that is, is through property investment. Uh, and uh, essentially, I looked into all of the different routes that you could take yeah. uh, and there are lots and, and in this book which I've brought for you as, as yeah. a gift Cracking oh, the Property Code appreciate it. I actually go into 45 different strategies you could do yeah. and I just chose one right because ah, there's okay. so many you can choose but I chose a very high yielding cash flow model which essentially gives you anything from 800 to a thousand pounds per month pure profit on, on just one property nice. so obviously I didn't need as many of those yeah. to effectively uh, escape yeah. but yeah, I, I, I basically I made the decision that I've got to get out and I focused all my energies, evenings, weekends, any time that I had free to basically yeah. just make that happen. Uh, and it took me just just over 18 months yeah. to essentially replace my salary do you and think it, become financially free. Do you think it took you longer than you thought? Or was it about the right time? Because I know a lot of people who like think, it, oh, it took me, you know, it's going to be overnight success, it's going to yeah. be great from day one, and yeah, and it's, it's like, actually, it's yeah. not as growing as quickly or smoothly as you, you thought it was. And I think do you have any setbacks? That's a doing that great too? question, yeah. and I think it really depends yeah. uh, on a lot of factors, but I think everyone, you know, kind of thinks they're going to do it really, really quickly, yeah. but then things happen. And uh, another one of my mentors, Tony Robbins, who I'm sure you've heard of, yeah. He always says everyone vastly overestimates what they can do in a year, yeah, yeah. but then underestimates what they can do in, in a, a decade. Day, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's so 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 true. And I think for me it was very much, yeah, there was definitely setbacks. There's always setbacks, particularly with property investment. It's like, is the deal going to go through? Is the deal going to go through? Yeah. You're dealing with brokers and down valuations and a whole amount of things. And then you've got to tenant the property and make sure they pay the rent. And you know, there's a whole bundle of things that could happen. Yeah. But I would say that it probably took a little bit longer than I thought it would. But then at the same time, I think I really enjoyed the journey and the process yeah. and, and just going through that and learning it as I yeah. went and, and networking with other people who were doing similar things at the time. And I think for anybody that's thinking of, say, escaping a job, creating yeah. their own financial freedom, I think it is really important to be in a community of other like-minded people oh, yeah, that definitely. are doing a similar thing yeah. because it rubs off on you you don't get into like this whole thing about comparing, but it does inspire and motivate you a bit. If you see Definitely. someone else that's doing something that you think, well, if they can do it, why yeah. can't I do it? 100%. And I, I think that, that certainly helped when I, when I was getting going. But yeah, I don't know if it took any longer, but it would always be nice to be quicker, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the whole, <laughs> it would always be like yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. But you know, the whole thing about overnight success stories yeah. don't exist. Do that, that, that's why I asked it's that like, question. It's like 10 years of graft, yeah. and then suddenly it's like, oh, hello. Yeah, and that's why I asked that question, yeah. because a lot of people's perception is when they look at someone like, oh, they're successful, or that much, and you look like you've gone from zero to hero in a, in a short space of time, but yeah. actually you don't realise the stuff you've done in the background over those many, many years to get to that point. You only see yeah. the success at the tip of the iceberg, as they say. Yeah. So I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, and then, do you feel the pressure for, um, actually, we might refer back to something, to be a man and a breadwinner? So do you feel the pressure? Do you feel there's always pressure there around I, I think, I think there is. I mean, I think, obviously, 
a lot has changed since, let's say, the fifties, hasn't yeah. it? Really, you know, in terms of you know, women are obviously now in 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 the workplace and are taking on you know <coughs> larger and larger roles. Uh, you know, I think was it last year there was more women at board level than there ever has been, but yeah, I think there is always that pressure because it's still ingrained in us, you know, mm. however much we try and move away and distance and, yeah. and new things happen, I think there is a pressure, but I don't really worry about it. No. Okay. Uh, I just kind of just get on with it and, and, and know that it'll be all right. I mean, I think one of the things I'm quite good at is not worrying. You okay. know, I let other people worry. I just know it will be okay in the end, okay. you know, even if you hit roadblocks because, you know, worry is just a waste of energy for yeah. me. How, how did you come to that, that thought process or mentality? Because that's a hard thing to do. Uh, um, trial and error. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess lots of exploratory kind of conversations with other uh, business owners who, who, were, who, who were doing better than me and just tapping into them and their knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and also just coming to the realisation that the way that I prefer work is if there's a problem, deal with the problem and then just let it go because yeah. you can spend time and energy worrying yeah. about it and, you know, I have people in my life that, that do worry about things incessantly and I just yeah. have kind of lost the will to live by that point in terms of like, <laughs> you, you worry as much as you like but I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm done and, and obviously I think you've still got to be empathetic yeah, yeah. Uh, you know certainly if you're in a relationship with other people uh, no matter whether they're close family or family that yes they want to worry and, and, and discuss and talk about these things but I just kind of see it as something that is it's almost manufactured and it's almost a little bit of the ego keeping people a prisoner okay uh that's how I kind of see it. Do you mean elaborate on that a bit more? Well, uh, th there's lots of you know books out there you can obviously read in terms yeah. of mindset and, and development, and, and certainly about how how your mind works and operates, and the fact that we're using so little of it. Yeah. And effectively, you know, most people are, are walking around essentially asleep. Yeah, a little asleep. They, they, the they are. Yeah, 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 and yeah. and and it's not necessarily because they want to it's because their ego has trapped them in this kind of thing that's going on and and you see it all the time everyday life it's just it happens everywhere yeah. and and it is so it's disheartening to a, to some extent but i think once you understand it for yourself and you understand how to get out yeah. of it the secret is be present and if yeah. you're present you can't really worry about anything because yeah. yeah. you're in the moment so you know this stuff that you know we can take outside the room and it's stuff that's going on and stuff but who cares about that right yeah. now at this moment in time it's me and you we're having a discussion yeah. nothing else matters yeah. and we want to give as much value as possible obviously to your audience so that makes sense I like yeah. that I like that mentality because I think it's almost like once you come to the other side it's like you see almost from a different point of view and perspective that's how I see it so if you now are where you are, like if you look back three years ago, or you look back at someone else and you see them, you're like, okay, but you said they're a little asleep at the wheel, if you like, and they're just kind of unconsciously going through life, and they're not aware of what they're doing or their surroundings, and yeah. and I think once you see that that almost that um, comparison of the two, you can see the massive gap, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I kind of I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I can see that Absolutely. within people. Yeah. Once yeah. you've you've grown as a person, like, okay, 
you don't you're not that person anymore you've grown so you don't end up doing those things that normal everyday people tend to fall into those traps yeah because your awareness is heightened and you're now yeah. aware that actually why am i doing this, this is pointless let me yeah, yeah. that's good man. absolutely like. yeah i agree i agree so um how would you balance uh your work with relationships so family relationships loved ones how do you how do you find that balance with well, obviously, only any entrepreneur is generally a workaholic, right? So let's yeah, let's yeah. just get that on the table. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter what way you approach it. That yeah. there's there's always sacrifices that are going to be made. But I think for me, it is about planning in and diarising uh, things that need to happen, okay. and and almost approaching it from the perspective of uh, it's a, it's a little bit mundane, I guess. But you've got to work on relationships as well yeah. as work on your business yeah so to do that you have to put time in the diary yeah uh, and, and block it out and make sure nothing else is happening and, uh, and obviously I think depending on what level people are at and where they are and stages in life will depend on what type of things go on mm. so for instance you know my kids are getting to an age where I'm more of a taxi driver than like <laughs> playing, you know, Lego with them or stuff. Yeah. But I know that, you know, that's still yeah. a good thing because we can have a little conversation in the car yeah. and catch up and stuff and, and it's still spending time with them even though it is a bit of a mundane activity. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it does depend where you are, I think, in that kind of process. Yeah. How, how yeah. are your kids? Uh 12 and 15. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. It's just thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Go boy, boys. One of each, yeah. One of each, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. How's that being a dad to one of each? Or seeing him grow awesome. Up and, awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're obviously siblings. They argue like no man's yeah. tomorrow. You know, it's just one of those things, isn't it? But they also kind of look after each other as well. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Have they taken any entrepreneurial traits yet? Can you see that little inklings uh, on them or they. No, okay. not not at this stage. I wouldn't Still say they're, they're they're very much focused on stuff that they really enjoy, which I think will probably lead them into some kind of. I think following a calling that they really like to yeah. do. One of them's really into science. The other one's okay. really into dance. And I think those, if you get into them and you really love that kind of stuff, yeah. you can make something really nice from that in terms yeah. of from a life perspective. But yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't really think so. I'm not, I'm not sure. We'll we'll see. Okay. Never say never. Okay. And what would you? And this is going off the top a little yeah. bit, but in terms of the education system, do you think that's? Are you a parent who's like right? I like to do GCSEs, A levels, and then university. Or are you quite happy to, for them to follow their passion and go what they want to do? Was it? Well, is it fun obviously the education system is massively flawed. Yeah, we can all agree on that. I think. Yeah, and it doesn't really teach young people the skills they really need to know yeah I agree uh, and it also doesn't really equip them for what's to come uh, so I think we're in a I would say at the moment we are in the age of the child that that's my personal opinion like everything is geared around children and youth activities and kids and that's not necessarily a bad thing but uh, it does mean that all that focus and, 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 and stuff that's going into you know supporting them sometimes is just spent on the wrong things mm. so I think you know in terms of you know support I, I support my kids to do whatever they wish to do in essence and if they want to go to university that's, that's fine by me uh, I think you know as long as people are following something that they really enjoy doing yeah. it's fine 
I just think the, the best way I can explain it is my son had appendicitis a couple of years back mm. and he was off school for a period of time healing from you know a scar or a surgery or whatever it was and he was still able to keep up with his schoolwork and go through all of his schoolwork that he needed to do in probably about three and a half to four hours in a day. Okay. Not the eight that they're in school for. Uh, okay. And I think that to me just says most of what we know is a major issue. That yeah. you know we, we are in a system which is, to all intents and purposes, creating factory workers. Yeah. You know we're in 18th, 19th century education, yeah. and it's not fit for purpose anymore. But it's such a huge machine. Is it ever really going to change? Yeah. It's not really going to change until it needs to change. And I don't know when it needs to change. Yeah. And it's going to be very, very, very difficult for it to change. So we'll just have yeah. to watch this space, I think. But, yeah. you know, I guess you have similar thoughts. No, no, yeah. Exactly. yeah, I'm smiling because I do, yeah. Because I think, like, me and my wife had several conversations about this. Like, it's, it's not set. And fundamentally, I think if it fails and falls apart, that's the only reason it's going to get restructured and rebuilt into a new thing. Because I think, like you said, there's just too many things they're doing that are not life skills they need to actually learn and develop. I think as they, as they come out of universities, like they end up going, I can't use a washing machine. How do I pay my bills? How do I set, get a mortgage? How, there's so many questions they ask after the university yeah. experience. I think that they, they could be taught at a school level to a certain extent to help yeah. them just in the real world because it's a big difference yeah. from being in a school environment to going out and having yeah. a job and having a family and running the household and Definitely. being a breadwinner and da, 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 da. But I but think also, you know, perhaps one of the things that is also happening is the fact that we're more of a fragmented society so yeah. that there are those kids that have a lot of support from their parents and then there are those kids that don't. <coughs> yeah. And that's not necessarily because those kids or those parents don't want to support them but it could be multitude of issues yeah, such yeah. as they're doing two or three jobs just to keep things going it could be that there is fragmented relationships happening so they're here there and everywhere and you know a whole bundle of different things going yeah. on or the fact that those parents themselves don't have the skills that they need to to pass to be on parents. so yeah. it's yeah. it is a nightmare it's a massive issue yeah. but you know what can we do about it we're just mere <laughs> mortals yeah. i'm sure boris has got a plan <laughs> we'll go down that road stop there we'll go down that road all right cool um what are the biggest mistakes you think people make when it comes to business and wow what a question We'll start off. Actually, we'll start off with the biggest that you made, possibly, and then what do you think generally people make in general? Because uh, just take your experience, because it would have been something. I, I would say that there are so many mistakes, right? But I'd say a major, major mistake is getting into business with the wrong people. Okay. And you know, I, I think humans want to congregate and collaborate naturally. They, they, they do. You know, we're not designed to live alone, yeah. really. You know, you it, and you can be alone, obviously, be present and in nature and all that kind of stuff. But at some point, you have to go back into the community in whatever format that that is. And I think, yeah, getting into the business of the wrong people is a lesson I'm still learning and, and still going through. And uh, I'll I'll let you know in a decade how that's going. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it, that's probably the biggest one. Uh, it's nothing you can really forecast in terms of how it's going to go. And there's obviously strategies you can utilize in order to minimize damage that can happen. Yeah. Uh, but finding the right business partners or the right team is probably the most crucial aspect of, 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 of all of the, 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 the things that could go wrong, I think, yeah. in business. Everything else 
is really fixable in some way. Okay. Uh, the only exception to that is if you're selling a product that nobody wants, but you'll quickly find that yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else is fixable, but wrong business partners or wrong team can can sink you. Okay. So Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that's the common mistake people make as well. So that's a mistake. I think it is made. a common mistake yeah. because okay. you know people do want to collaborate and they want yeah. to grow businesses, and, and and sometimes you you get talking and certainly you know in kind of networking type events and talk to people and they're doing a similar thing and then you think oh wouldn't it be good if we joined forces yeah. and did it together and then before you know it you're in some kind of full blown thing and then you find out that one person's just slacking and really not yeah. doing what they said they're doing and they didn't bring anything that they said they were going to bring to the party and before you know it two years down the line you're thinking right now I need to leave this because yeah. this really isn't working for me uh, and yeah I think it's it's, it's, it's a tough one I think uh and I've been through various different partnerships where where that's happened. And to all purposes, no one ever goes into this thinking of the worst thing. Yeah. You know, you may come up with a great idea, and you know, I, I worked on say uh, a property fund for just part of two years. That had it have launched, would have made everyone in that group very, very, very wealthy. Yeah. But it didn't launch at the end for a variety of different reasons. Because fundamentally, the, the the mismatch in the team was just too diverse and mm. too fragmented at that point. The fact it took two years is also a bit of a problem. Yeah. But you know, you, you never think that in the beginning when you have an idea about something. You think who could you get involved to help you? Because generally speaking, you know, we all need help, yeah. and it's it's finding the right help. I think is is a crucial one. So, yeah, I, I spent a lot a lot of time. Uh, going through and reading and and, and uh, kind of taking on information about how to hire the right people and that yeah. certainly helped enormously in terms of okay. not getting the wrong yeah. people but even so even having all that information even going through all that sometimes even oh, 16 years into basically being an entrepreneur and yeah. doing my own stuff still mess up yeah yeah I mean literally this week <laughs> I had a new member of staff start who resigned a day later. Okay. Purely because what we felt had been explained at the interview and at the interview process and, and gone through in detail in terms of what we expected of them when they got down to it and we went through the specifics, they didn't want to do it. Basically, okay, yeah. it was, oh, I, I want to do this shuffling around bit here, but not I don't there. do that. Yeah, fine, you can't pick and choose. And, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't pick and choose, but, yeah, even going through the whole process and, you know, I think we have a four-step hiring process. Oh, wow, okay. It, it, sometimes it still messes up. I like that, so four steps. Oh, I'm glad we found out now yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. six months down the line. So it's, it's just one of those things, I think. But, yeah, so finding the right business partners, uh, finding the right team, uh, and I think the, the the probably the third one that I would add in is, and this doesn't happen very often, but occasionally I've been involved in companies, uh, either limit companies or partnerships with other directors, where the financial controls have been taken out of our control, okay. and they've been put into someone else's hands, and I think. That's always a really, really difficult one. And I think anyone, you've got to get like a sign-off if you want to do anything, basically. Not even that. Like just uh, I've been. In, I was in one company where there was three directors, and only one director had access to bank 
any oh, payments, okay. anything. And despite us agreeing in the heads of terms basis that that was not the case and that wasn't to happen, it happened anyhow. Okay, got it. And there was just nothing you could do about it. It didn't matter how many times you had a conversation. It just Does that yeah. create a bottleneck in terms of you can't make decisions quickly? Or it creates a bottleneck. Or, it also yeah. creates mistrust because yeah. you don't actually know what's going on. Yeah, you can't see there's You no can't visibility. see anything, okay. not even viewable, you know, okay, wow. bank okay. or anything like that. So I'd say... That's definitely something for, for people to be aware of in terms of, you know, if you're going into a partnership or creating a living yeah. company, making sure that you have got uh, access to your own finances. Makes sense. <laughs> cool, awesome. That's well explained, like that one. Okay, uh, what are uh, your top three tips are meant to trying to create financial freedom? So if you had three tips, if you're... Three tips. Yeah. I think the first tip would be know what you want because okay. so few yes. people do and, and I think that that's the first tip is, is is really sit down and think what is it that I really want yeah uh, and whether that is material goods or experiences or even you know relationships health whatever that may be yeah but actually get that written down because you can go and talk to people out there and few people will be able to tell you that they'll, yeah. they'll just have a waffly answer it's not very specific or correct and you know until you get down to nitty gritty it, it's all nonsense yeah. you think too many people like miss that step out and then jump straight into the, the deep end yeah but yeah yeah uh, absolutely and you know it comes with experience uh, it, it does come with experience and you know I, I have done it before where you thought well okay we're going to develop this product because it looks really great and it's making loads of money but yeah. what is it that you really want and I think you know now I always start with that question yeah. because uh, great question yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it really leads you to then develop what it is that you'd like to develop yeah. so as a prime example uh, in a company I used to be involved in we used to run a huge portfolio building program uh, and it was extremely successful and it was extremely lucrative, but in men, you're at the beck and call of clients 24-7. Okay, no life. And <laughs> no, and, and everything that went wrong was your fault and everything that went right was just expected. Yeah. So it was lucrative, but it was highly stressful at the same time. So, you know, we shut that arm down a few years back and I decided never, ever, ever to do that again, even though it's highly, highly lucrative. Yeah. And I'm talking about extremely lucrative because it, it's just not what I want to do. Yeah. So I think knowing what you want is, is key. And I think two of the top tips would be uh, have goals that are realistic but yeah. also push you uh, from the point of view of it's easy and everyone says oh, I want a million pounds yeah so like, well that's great but a why and B when buy yeah <laughs> and C does your product that sells for 20 pound is that really going to get you yeah, to that sense. thing yeah so I think be realistic but at, at the same time stretch yourself uh, and I think the third one would be to really immerse yourself in in the subject matter and and the the focus that you're trying to bring to whatever that is. So if you've decided that you do want financial freedom and yeah. you want to do it through, let's say, forex trading, or you want yeah. to do it through property investment, or you want to do it through building your own business, or you want to be an affiliate marketer, whatever it is, 
and really immerse yourself into that and try and learn as much as you can yeah. before you then jump off a cliff, which is normally handy noticing, yeah. and, and leave a job. Because once you've done that, you may not get that back if you then change your mind later on and you yeah. haven't got a foundation or a framework to, to get going with. Uh, and I'm not saying that from the perspective of take years to do that, but if you decided to, to work in, let's say, a 90-day sprint and just stop all TV and all yeah. other nonsense, Facebook surfing and all the other crud that everyone does, then yeah. you'll find that you've got the time yeah, to do yeah. it, and then you can really get into it. And, and the other thing is, you may find that six like weeks into doing it, you don't actually want yeah. to do that. You're thinking, really, I thought it was going to be this, but actually it's not, it's that, and I don't think I really want to do that. Yeah. So then you have a chance to then go and look at something else. It's like tasting things, like you've got to try some things. Yeah, and I, think, think, I think you do. You and like, I think you yeah. do, yeah. Because not everything is to everybody. You know, I know millionaires who do Forex, but they're on the computers eight, ten hours a day. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, I, I couldn't just, do it. Just, I, I know, you know. Like, does that as well. It's yeah. like always on his screen. I'm like, yeah. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Father says to me, oh, you should do yeah. You'd be good at this. I'm like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I think everyone's got yeah. their own aptitude and skills and, and, and strengths, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can just try things out. I mean, you know, Gary V talks about this all the time, doesn't yeah. he? You know, just try something. You know, uh, I had a mastermind with him uh, about 18 months ago. Oh, wow. How's that? Uh, we it, it was, was, was it the 4D thing you did? No, was no, this a, was part of a, a, an event that happened. Uh, I was involved in a group at the time and we got access to, to Gary for a couple of hours and. It, it was it was good. Yeah, I've had other masterminds that've been better, but you know I love Gary and he's got some great stuff to share. And, yeah. and he was saying that in in that mastermind in terms of look, if you want to try something new, then just try it. It doesn't really matter how old you are. You can do it as a side hustle for yeah. two or three years and just pump stuff out and see what happens. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. If it does, it does. And yeah. just to see how it goes. So mm. I think you know we are in a kind of society where. Everything's very compartmentalised, but at the same time, you do have that opportunity to think about, well, do you have to work full-time? Mm. You know, could you do, say, part-time, or could you do job share, or, or could you do something else? If you've got enough to live on, and you're really not liking that job that you're doing, but you can maybe take a pay cut and do something else that's maybe to less free taxing, yeah. free up your yeah. time and your, fi and your brain and thinking, yeah. then possibly that could work for some people. Yeah sense awesome great tips great tips um what is your vision in the next five years for your business and where you want to go what, you, you got any plans or yes yeah, so i'm allowed to disclose uh, <laughs> so so yeah my business is called league of extraordinary investors i like the name by the way and 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 really uh i think I, i'm all about Two, two things really. One is helping business owners who have spare cash to invest into asset-backed investments and make them a real return, yeah. not a kind of pension return. And the second thing is, through doing that, our vision is effectively to work with uh, sustainable housing organisations and local government to effectively end homelessness. Oh wow! Okay. By twenty forty. Wow. Okay. Because I don't believe it should exist. I don't believe it needs to exist. What I believe is happening is a misappropriation of resource. So 
as an example, we have 750,000 plus empty houses in the UK, okay, well, which half of those are generally owned by councils or local government, and they're normally in such bad repair they can't be used. But by working with private sector, I believe that they could be repopulated and rehoused and put back into use, and that will go some way towards solving some of the issues we have. Not all of them, no. but it will go some way. Well, that and the fact that we have massive uh, technological advancements right now in terms of building means that you can literally build a house in a day. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities there. So, you know, that's that's kind of the focus and the vision for us. And I think it, it will happen slowly because, first of all, you know, I'm very much focused on helping the entrepreneurs that I'm working with to make sure that they're settled and they're secure. And our aim is really to kind of replace a million pound pension with some type of asset backed investments, which yeah. will probably be much less than that, but they won't need like a million as a pension. Yeah. Uh, because for most people, it's just unrealistic. Uh, you'd have to save, if you're 30, about a thousand a month, if you're 40, about 1900 pounds a month, and it just goes up. And yeah, it's yeah. like, well, what are you going to live on type yeah, of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's our primary focus is to get them to our version of financial freedom. And then once they're settled and secure, you know, we'll start doing the work with sustainable housing and, and local governments. Awesome. So is that like, what's, why, why homeless people? Is that something close to your heart? Or I, wouldn't, or I wouldn't say personally it's something close to my heart in terms of I, I don't know many homeless people, I'm okay. be honest, but so. I have had friends and colleagues who have been homeless and I've seen the struggles that they've oh, gone okay. through. Uh, but also I just fundamentally don't believe it is a solution or a choice we should be having in the 21st century. It just, just beggars belief to me yeah. that you know we have to, you know, have people that have to live on the streets for a variety of reasons and I know that it's not just all about the fact that they've been kicked out of a house, I do yeah. know there are other issues which would mean other organisations working with yeah. them to understand and help them but ultimately we have more than enough accommodation we, we really do mm. and there is more than enough land available which is currently not being made available uh, and you know, I just think that everyone can benefit uh, because mm. if someone has moved from, say, being on the street into a house and they're able to then pull, put back in their own small way into yeah. the community, then everyone benefits. Yeah. And I, I just don't see you why raise the bar, don't you? Understand yeah, that. I just yeah. don't yeah. understand why it's not a big enough push and focus. But it's because it's a political hot potato. <laughs> you know, we've had... I, I, I'm going to make a rough guess here because it might not be completely accurate, but we've had at least, I'd say, 14 to 15 housing ministers over the last decade. Oh, wow. Which lot. says it all, really. Yeah. 14 to 15 over the last 10 years. I mean, come on, what's going on? So everyone makes it out to be a big issue, but I believe I could solve the housing crisis in less than two years. Easy, but to do that requires political will. And you know, I know this isn't a political show, but no, the right. political will doesn't exist, yeah. in my opinion, for that to happen. You know, it's 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 very much, you know, we won't talk about Brexit, but we will. <laughs> it, it, it's what the establishment doesn't want, yeah. which is trying to happen. Who knows what will happen? It's the same with housing, uh, and it, it just I, I can't get my head around it because you have say an extra I don't know, hundred thousand people that are homeless 
in housing, mm. they're going to be contributing in some way or shape to the economy. Yeah. They, they aren't right now. They're just you know on the fringes of society and lots of things are happening to them that shouldn't be and it's just it's a bad place for people to mm. be. Awesome, that's weird. I like that. That's good. Um, right, so this is kind of a, a U-turn a little bit okay. in terms of subject title. So we've yeah. kind of covered the financial bit, financial freedom. So first one is what does masculinity mean to you? does that mean to me? I think it means, to me, being confident in your own flesh. Okay. Uh, and by that I mean there's obviously many different types of men and men approaching things from different angles. And I think it's what what does it mean to you to be a man? I, th I think it, it it's really about being confident in your own skin. Okay, I like that. Good answer. Uh, and what does the word empowerment mean to you? Allowing people to be the very best that they can be and supporting them to do that. Absolutely. Cool. And if you could give one message to all men out there, what would it be? If you had a massive, like, microphone and everybody, all the men in the world are listening, what would you say? I would say, don't keep things bottled up. Go and talk to someone about it. Okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. Is that something you've had to go through yourself? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. This is part yeah. of the reason why I do this show and yeah. part of the reason why I'm talking to men and part of the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because of that reason. Yeah. Men tend to not to be open or authentic, wear masks and then end up, like you could say, suicide rate 12 a day in the UK. Wow. The day. So it's, it's absolutely crazy. That's crazy. And that's one of the reasons why is because they don't open up and, yeah. and be authentic and vulnerable. Wow. So, no. Yeah, and it's tough yeah. to do, but, yeah. it, you know, it's the only way, really. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. I like that. My pleasure. Um, and how can this platform help you? So how can I help you? You've got a book there. What's it about? So, Cracking <laughs> the Property Code. Uh, so this was first written in 2013. This is the 2017 edition. It, it, it's still in date. Yeah. I should have really put third edition on it, but, you know, you make these boo-boos, don't you? <laughs> <That's right>. uh, <laughs> effectively, I'm all about helping people see what's possible I guess okay. and I think a lot of people they, they, they kind of you know you're in a kind of situation you're very focused on doing your job your career even your business whatever that may be but then you don't necessarily think about the long term future and the legacy mm. so Cracking the Property Code is basically a book to help you to build if you wish to a property business yeah. which not everybody wishes to do but it's my hope that if people read this they could at least understand what's involved and decide, well, do I really want to do that or not? Okay. Uh, you know, it's £20. Uh, people can... Uh, well, how can they get it right now? It's a good point. We were on Amazon, but we're not currently. But that's another story. Right. <laughs> uh, but they can get in contact with me and we'll sort them out one way or the other. I'll give you a link or something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, a link would be great, yeah. I think there's... What, what I've learned through doing this over the last 16, 17 years is there's a lot of really good people out there that give really good information, mm. and there's a lot of scam artists, unfortunately. Yeah. And, you know, I really wrote this book to get everything I knew at that point into into kind of print so mm. people could basically go in there and think, well, okay, maybe I'm interested in, say, I don't know, as an example, being a letting agent. Yeah. So there's a few pages about if you want to be a letting agent, what does that actually in, envisage? You yeah. know, if you want to just say, I don't know, go and uh, buy freeholds or ground rent, you know, it's another strategy. You know, or what does that mean? You know, mm. how much money would you make? And and really 
pull it back so that it's very easy to follow in terms of, well, if you want to do this, this is how much money you m might make, this is how long it's going to take you to do it, yeah. uh, this is what support you may need, because some of these you don't really need a lot of support for, some you do, uh, and this is what your return on investment is going to be. Yeah. So yeah, my uh, hope is that people will read the book and, and then kind of decide whether they want it to take it further or not, and if they do, then we basically run a membership community. Uh, it starts from uh, 50 quid a month. Basically, we help people with online training. So there's a oh, whole cool. bunch of videos and training online. Oh, awesome. It's like, must be 50 plus hours right now and we add more every month. And then they get group coaching where they can just jump on and they get 50 minutes to ask their question about whatever that is. Uh, and, and often people ask the same question. So, you know, it means that you can just learn from others as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a supportive environment to help people that, that want to build assets effectively. Do you think there's a lot of confusion around like properties and massive amounts, and massive, massive amounts. Yeah. You know, my main bugbear right now is is a lot of the big training companies, and I'm very familiar with all of them, uh, having been involved or done stuff with them in the past. They've always got to be selling something new, and the thing they're selling right now is the fact that you don't need any money to do property. Yeah. It's utter bunkum. It's just so utterly nonsense. Yeah. I can't even begin to tell you and. It's also irresponsible, it really is. And, and there's people out there right now, you know, I saw one the other day, they're doing a challenge of finding a deal, but you've got to find a deal using none of your own money. Well, I'm sorry, but with the best will in the world, you know, you come to me and say you've got no experience whatsoever. It's like, how oh, yeah. can I lend 50 grand off you? It's like, well, <laughs> I'd like to keep that 50 grand, I don't want to lose it. Yeah. Even if you're putting it into a property, and obviously it's secured, it can be secured, but a lot of people aren't naive. Uh, they're approaching the wrong type of people. There are certain FCA guidelines that you should really follow in terms of even asking people for money. Mm. Uh, and yeah, it's it's just it's a very nitty gritty uh, playground out there. Okay. The people that shout the loudest and jump up and down aren't necessarily the people that you necessarily want to be listening to. Okay. Uh, you know, you want to be thinking about well, who's been in business for more than a decade, who's still around. Uh, and who you can get reasonably priced advice from, yeah. as opposed to say, you know, being charged twenty five grand to go to free training courses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So, so is that I, covered in the book then? Uh, do I really cover that in the book? I I don't really, but okay. I'm in the process at the moment of writing a kind of manifesto on that, just okay. to push that out there because it is frustrating, uh, and people are, are taken in. And then, you know, we speak to them and it's like, oh, well, I'd love to do X, Y, Z, but I spent 10, yeah. 15, 20 over here and I haven't got anything less. It's yeah. like, well, you could have used that as a deposit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay, and then, so, um, so where, where can people find you, Matthew? So, uh, What's the best place to get in contact? Very good question. Uh, so, any social handles? Social, <laughs> social media, uh, I'm all over like a rash. Right. So if you put, yeah, in a good way, right? Yeah. So if you put in Matthew J Moody or Matthew Moody, uh, you you'll I'll, I'll pop up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm on Pinterest as well. Oh, I'm yeah. on LinkedIn. I'm on, I'm on them all. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm on there. And uh, our company is Legal Extraordinary Investors. The website is dot com. So I feel you, like that you, should you, be taken already. But yeah, <laughs> you got there. No, no, that's I'm, good. For great yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. That's that's out there and. Uh, for you know specific strategies, you know we run a couple of, of, of niche sites, but uh, 
you can get hold of us on social media. Yeah. It's probably the best way to connect, to be honest. Uh, you know, I can give you a link. You can put it on the show. Yeah, 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 Connect that way. But, awesome. yeah, more than happy to have a chat with people. We do, like, uh, a 30-minute strategy call for free for anyone that's just thinking about it and needs yeah. a bit of help. So just, just to give them some help and guidance. Because uh, some people... You know, you talk to them and they're, they're not quite ready yet and they need to do a few things, but yeah. then they come back later. And other people are, you know, ready to go and they just need a little nudge in the right direction. So there's lots of things we can help with. Cool, awesome. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, no, Thank pleasure. You know, Thanks for coming. Yeah, Thanks, cheers, Afri. No worries. Good to see you. Thanks for inviting us. <laughs> If you enjoyed today's episode of the show, please consider heading over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast show and giving it a five-star review. Your review will mean the world to me to help spread my message about empowering more men to live a more fulfilled life.